Welcome to The Smartest Doctor in the Room. I'm your host, Dr. Dean Mitchell. Today, I'm going to discuss, in my opinion, the best kept secret, the best kept medical secret from 2021. Food allergies can be treated. So going forward into 2022, I hope this secret will be revealed. As many of you may know, I'm a board-certified immunologist and allergist and been practicing for 30 years. And I want to take you back a little bit in history. You know, when I started in the field of allergy, the most dangerous problem, believe it or not, at that time was bee stings. Yes, bee stings. You know, parents were so worried if their child got stung by a bee and, you know, you'd see these horror stories, especially like they, you know, dramatize it in a movie, you know, where a child was stung by a bee, but typically it was like a hornet or a wasp and they died. And it's interesting because algae really developed there in the desensitization process by actually working on methods that desensitized children and adults to these bee, wasp, and hornet stings so that they wouldn't die if they got stung. And it was a pretty big accomplishment. However, I think today the biggest challenge in the field of allergy are food allergies for several reasons. One, obviously, it's just so uh, pervasive now. I mean, almost everybody knows someone that has a food allergy and in many cases, multiple food allergies that can be very dangerous. And the typical ones, of course, that we all hear about are peanuts, tree nuts, and especially in adults, shellfish. This, of course, makes life frightening for patients that have food allergies, and it also makes their life a bit miserable. I mean, they have to always be worrying about carrying around their EpiPen and, you know, the restaurants that they go to, are the, is the, are the chefs and the restaurant careful? so that their food is not contaminated with a, a food they're allergic to. And of course, I deal a lot with patients in my practice about, you know, when they're having to go to a wedding, a bar mitzvah, a party, anything like that, where they don't have control over the food and who's made it. And sometimes a lot of times they have to bring their own food. So this truly would be an amazing accomplishment in the field of allergy, but it does exist. So what's new? In the past, your doctor or allergist can only tell you that if you have a food allergy, avoid it. And, you know, sometimes that was possible. But again, when you have multiple food allergies, it starts to get more difficult each time. But fortunately, in the last decade, top allergy research centers like at Duke and now the group at North Carolina, because a lot of them moved over there, and at Stanford, had begun to tackle this very scary field. And I say scary because really so many researchers didn't want to touch this area because the idea of trying to desensitize a child with a food allergy where you're taking still essentially a healthy child or an adult and then have a disaster happen, nobody wanted to take that risk. But in the last decade, as I mentioned, these centers and some also private practices came out with some bold new attempts to desensitize children um, to food allergies. Now, the two main avenues that really are in existence right now are what's called oral immunotherapy or OIT and sublingual allergy immunotherapy. Now, I have done three prior podcasts on this topic, and I just felt today to, to really 
go into it on my own because, I, again, I'm just so perplexed that more patients aren't seeking out some of these options. I'm going to go through again, you know, the choices and the pros and the cons. And again, my listeners can make that decision, again, whether they think it's right for them. So I'm going to start with oral allergy immunotherapy. That was the first real big attempt to desensitize children to, you know, these dangerous food allergies. And as I mentioned earlier, Dr. Carrie Nadal from Stanford was on my podcast. That was actually podcast number 41 for any of you that want to go back and listen. She wrote a great book called The End of Food Allergy, the first program to prevent and reverse this 21st century epidemic. So how does it work with oral allergy immunotherapy? Essentially what was done and is done is that the children come in and they are given small amounts, let's say, for example, with peanut, with a peanut protein powder that's, you know, that's measured out in very small doses. And typically when they go to an allergist's office, they are started on a very small dose. And usually sometimes like in one day, several dilutions are, you know, stronger amounts of the protein powder are increased, you know, till the patient can tolerate it. And then they come back the next week and they do that again. And this is done over a period of several months to build up what's called immune tolerance to the allergen so that the patient can not worry about a dangerous food reaction and in some cases actually even eat the food on a regular basis. Now, while the breakthrough in doing oral allergy immunotherapy, I think is super impressive, and I laud all of those researchers and clinicians that have done it, there are drawbacks to it. And I'll explain why I do a different method, which I think really has a lot more advantages. The uh, oral allergy immunotherapy, again, as, as the child is going through the desensitization process, there are reactions. So again, the, the child has to be monitored in the uh, doctor's office, sometimes for several hours as this is happening. And of course, they go home with the treatment to take it home. And, you know, reactions can happen at home where the child and the parent have to use the EpiPen to control the reactions. There's also, unfortunately, adverse reactions that happen, you know, if the child exercises too uh, soon after taking the dosage. Sometimes also if the child gets just a, a random infection, they become more sensitive to the oral allergy immunotherapy. And finally, the thing that probably also concerns me quite a lot is that there's something called eosinophil esophagitis, where the child gets inflammation in the throat, which you know can make it hard to swallow and digest food and get reflux from the immunotherapy. Even when it's done right, it gets it's you know such an intense kind of procedure that the immune system sometimes goes in overdrive. So those are pretty much all of my reasons why. I opted not to offer oral algae immunotherapy in my practice. But that doesn't mean that parents and children with food allergies should give up hope. I really do strongly believe there's actually a better option. And what I offer in my practice to children and adults that have these dangerous food allergies is called sublingual allergy immunotherapy. Now, sublingual allergy immunotherapy is where we make up drops specifically to the patient and their allergen, and they administer it under their tongue, 
to build up their immunity. So you ask, well, why is this different than the oral allergy immunotherapy? Well, there are several important differences. One, with the sublingual allergy immunotherapy, we is done at much, much lower doses. So you might say to yourself, well, if it's done at very low doses, is it effective? Well, the studies done by Dr. Edwin Kim, who I had on, on this podcast as well, episode number 24, clearly showed that his trials with uh, sublingual peanut allergy are very effective. I mean, Dr. Kim has done world-class research showing that these children that were on you know, about five years of therapy of the sublingual drops were able to tolerate in some cases up to nine peanuts. Majority of them, I think over 70% tolerate at least three peanuts. Now for a parent who's so worried that their child might get even a half of a peanut by accident, this is a tremendous relief. So I think that he has clearly shown and proven that desensitization by the sublingual immunotherapy can be a very effective uh, way to treat these children. You know, the other thing that I loved about his studies and that I'll talk about that I've done in my own practice is that it appears to be extremely safe. In Dr. Kim's work, uh, where he, he did several hundred patients, there was not one episode where the uh, child needed a, a dose of epinephrine in the doctor's office or at home. So I think that's quite huge. Also, uh, from what I'm pretty sure is that there was not any, a single case of eosinophilic esophagitis. Again, remember that potentially dangerous inflammation in the throat from actually doing the therapy itself. So, you know, when this, all this research was coming out, I was fascinated because as many of you may know, I've been doing sublingual immunotherapy over 25 years, but for environmental allergens, I actually wrote my book, Dr. Dean Mitchell's Allergy and Asthma Solution, where I talked about at the time back in 2006, how I had been doing for a decade and helped so many patients that were allergic to environmental allergies, such as dogs and cats. I've actually desensitized several veterinarians, also people to pollen allergy and dust mite and mold, which it worked great. But I was waiting for the day, and I even mentioned this in my book in a chapter, that I was hoping that one day they would have something like this for foods. Because there were a couple of case reports, even at the time that I wrote my book, that you could do this. It's just there wasn't this large-scale studies as Dr. Kim had did at Duke with Dr. Wesley Burke, who's also very well known in the allergy community. And now the group moved over to the University of North Carolina. The other really great thing about the sublingual allergy drops for foods that you can mix different allergens in it as well. You know, with the oral immunotherapy, you're really stuck with one particular food and that desensitization has to go on a lot of times until you can start the next one. With the sublingual, I am able to mix someone who's got tree nuts with peanut or milk. And I've done this with, you know, several patients and they're all tolerating it very well and getting the benefit of having that multiple protection. So this is what I think is really, you know, one of the most exciting things that are going on. And again, in my own practice, I actually have a, a woman who's 28 years old who is highly allergic to walnuts and, and sesame seeds. And, you know, prior to coming to my practice, she had been in the hospital, in the emergency room eight times. And since she's been on the therapy the last two and a half years, she hasn't had one episode where she's had need any type of medical treatment for her food allergies. Another case that was interesting, I have a six-year-old boy that's allergic to peanuts and to uh, milk protein. 
and he's been on the program for about a year and a half. And again, waiting to see how he was doing. Then I get a call from his mom telling me that by accident or not by accident, he was at his cousin's house and he ate his cousin's yogurt. <laughs> that was a milk-based yogurt. And he ate the whole thing. He did throw up, you know, when, you know again, his, his system was like kind of rejecting it a little bit, but he didn't go on to develop any type of dangerous reaction where he needed the EpiPen or emergency care. So again, at the stage where he was in the desensitization, I thought that was a huge win overall. So these are like some of the really exciting things that are going on, you know, in food allergy treatment. And I just also want to mention too, because I like to be on the cutting edge of things. And the other really exciting thing with in food allergy is the testing, which I think has gotten so much better. Uh, today, the blood testing for food allergies is excellent. And besides the, the typical test that you get, what's called an immunocap at your pediatrician or your internist or any doctor can draw and send to the major labs will give you a breakdown of your specific food allergies. There's even a higher level of that called component testing that tells the specific proteins because sometimes on blood or on skin testing, you have what's called cross reactions. And sometimes you can be told you're allergic to all these foods when it's really, it's just a cross reaction with another pollen. For example, sometimes patients that are allergic to grass pollen will show on their testing that they're allergic to peanut. You know, then of course a parent gets all panicky, like, oh my God, you know, my child has peanut allergy too, which is much more dangerous than grass allergy, but it turns out it's just a cross reaction. So that's something really important to know. And the thing that I'm also super excited about, which is available now in certain parts of the country and should be more widespread, is called the basophil activation test. This is a blood test that looks at certain cell markers to tell how sensitive uh, a person would be to a food allergy. And why am I so excited about it? Because I believe that this test will help eliminate, in many cases, the use of food challenges. You know, typically in a lot of these research centers and some allergists are doing, you know, food allergy uh, challenges in the office. And of course, you know, for a long time, it was called the gold standard, but it was extremely traumatic for the children and the parents to be getting the food that they know that they're allergic to and to see how they're tolerating it. And then now with these new immunotherapies like the oral immunotherapy and sublingual, again, you know, of course, everybody wants to know, is the child responding, you know, to the, the treatment? They don't want to just do it for no reason. And again, this basophil activation test really appears to show whether or not a person, a child, an adult is still allergic to that food. So I, I think these are really, really important things. I just find in general, like so many patients and even there, the food allergy community, they're very, very smart, the moms and the dads. And I just wanted to bring out to them that I thought, again, this was really to me the best kept medical secret of 2021. And I hope that in the coming year, 2022, that more patients will seek this out and get you know peace of mind and relief. So if you like this, if you have any questions, please send them to my Instagram account at the smartest doctor in the room and hope to see you next time.